Good evening and welcome to the third episode of A Closer Talk. If you don't know me yet, I'm Betty van Langendonk and I will be your host tonight. In this third episode of our interview series, we invited Roel van Hoek. He's the Deputy Director of Music at Beaux-Arts, the art center in Brussels. Beaux-Arts is also the venue where Brussels Jazz Orchestra had, it had its last live performance before COVID-19 happened. It was a fantastic double bill with the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra. Good evening, Roel. Good evening. How are thank you tonight? I'm fine, I'm fine. And, and uh, first of all, thank you very much for this invitation uh, to get part in this series. You're welcome. We're uh, very excited to have you tonight. So we know you as the Deputy Director of Music at Beaux-Arts, but let's go back to when you graduated and started working. What did you do before you ended up at Beaux-Arts? I've studied law, which means that uh, everything I say, you have to be very uh, suspicious, suspicious about, but it's not me, it's, it's because of the study. And the second part is I've studied music. Um, and I was, I really loved it. I studied jazz. Um, and I really, really loved um, going into the music sector. Um, and I had the opportunity first to uh, be invited to work at the, which was then the Flanders Music Center, which basically was an organization that supports uh, professional uh, music sector in in uh, in Flanders, and I was responsible for first of all to, for teaching is not the right word, but to develop a more business approach. Let's put it this way: for young professional musicians, we had a special grant, and I was uh, my salary was paid by that. Okay, uh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> special grant. So I worked there for for three years, and it was really interesting to um, promote. Um, the fact that um, also young musicians, young professional musicians should be aware of the business side of things. Um, the legal standpoint, but also the economic uh, standpoint, the social uh, uh, standpoint. And which was really also very interesting for me because I went to a lot of conservatories um, give, giving some, some, some classes. And it was really interesting to see that um, sometimes it was really a, an eye opener for young musicians back then. I'm talking about now, you know, yeah. more than 15 years ago. What um, were the what were the things that they were most surprised about that they really didn't know? The education uh, at conservatory level, if if uh, on 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 a, on the music level, it was only focused in terms of getting to play your instrument as well as you could. Uh, I'm exaggerating now. I don't wanna, <laughs> if, if, if there are people listening, um, uh, apparently you can ask questions so you can also uh, make irritating <laughs> remarks about what I said. Uh, but but it was that was the main focus and that was the conscience of many young musicians mm -hmm. um, uh, back then. They wanted to play as good as possible and that was the focus for five years. But what are they gonna do with it? I mean, are they aware that uh, playing uh, for classical musicians in an orchestra, it's hard. I mean, it's, 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 there is a lot of international competition about yeah. it. Are they aware that a lot of them, most of them is, are going to teach and, and at what level they're going to teach and what they want to, what is their aim with, with the teaching? Uh, are they aware that if they want to have an independent music career that, in, uh, that there are a zillion different uh, legal structures that you can uh, develop 
in how how doing that and so that 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 side of of, of which is well that side of of of, of uh, also developing which is so important to develop your music career that was really really uh, at that time really something that was not uh, looked at at the conservatories back then i think yeah. a lot of has, has changed uh, now so i i won't but i'm talking about so that that's the first thing that i did is 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 going around and talk with a lot of young prosperous musicians which yeah. have become now really um, famous musicians uh, uh, amongst uh, uh, a lot of uh, some of them uh, and that I did for three and a half years, and then I had uh, after that I I had the opportunity to uh, become the general manager of which was back then uh, Jeunesse Musicale of Flanders, Youth and Music Flanders, which was in the time the largest music education organization in the country. Uh, we organized a lot of uh, school music projects, so we produced uh, projects, artistic projects that were aimed at going to schools. Okay. Um, we had some uh, symphonic youth orchestras that were uh, managed. We had uh, a youth comp music competition. That kind of um, that kind of work it was really, really super interesting. It was not it was not easy work because it it, it had a lot of history. And unfortunately, the organization doesn't exist uh, anymore for for a few years now. But it was so interesting and so inspiring to to work with um, the education aspect of, of the music industry and then five no almost six years ago now i had the opportunity to start at bazaar so that it's more or less my my career until now okay so both jobs your first jobs actually were most of the time working with young people and working on educational projects more or less yes uh, but yes you have the music absolutely that was really the focus was as um was uh, youth, but also a youth that doesn't actively play, but wanted yeah. to present and be a sort of billboard for um, music, artistic quality. Mm -hmm. with, with the Flanders Music Center, the the the, the things that I the, the range of activities were a bit wider on that as well. We worked a lot back then, which was really interesting. Well, in organizing the music sector as well to get it more organized because. As we see now, I mean, we know now, for example, how important um, uh, an effective lobbying is in terms of, of, of resources, in terms of, mm -hmm. of, um, of um, institutional relations and all of that. And back then, uh, and I'm talking once again uh, uh, 15 years ago, uh, we really developed in, in getting the, 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 the music sector uh, uh, better organized, so we had more uh, organizations on a sector level that could really have um, and that could really de develop a strong and um, uh, more uh, um, one uh, that could speak in, in more in one voice towards uh, the government, for example. So that that yeah. were things that that we did back then, which was super interesting for me. I assume that that experience also helps you today in your job at Beaux-Arts because there, I said it before, you're the deputy director of music. Could you tell us what you do at Beaux-Arts exactly? Beaux-Arts is a fantastic uh, center to work with. We present ourselves as a, a European hub for cultural exchange. A, a very short, it's, so, that, so that means that we produce 
and we present artistic projects, very diverse, all kinds of genres, in order to promote the, the European idea, in order to make culture relevant on a European level, in order to, to make it uh, relevant as, as possible for the city of Brussels, which we work in. So it's a really diverse and very center. And music department where I, I work with is, is, is just a part, uh, it's a large part, but it's just a part of that whole um, uh, idea. And as a deputy, I'm responsible for, let's say, the, the non-classical uh, music program uh, of the center, but I'm always doing this or this when I, when I say it, because I don't want to talk too much about genres. You notice more and more um, that, uh, you, you want to, first of all, you, you're not responsible for a genre within a program, but you want to tell a story as a programmer, but also as a programmer within the vision of uh, an art center that you work in. That's what we do actually, is telling a story through music. And that to me is, is really uh, very fascinating um, to do and to, to fascinating to do it in, a, in an, the biggest art center in Belgium like Bozar. So Bozar really is a big art center because besides going to concerts, you can watch a theater performance or watch a new movie or uh, attend an exhibition and so on. So how do you make the music stand out or how does it fit in that diverse uh, range of activities? It doesn't need to be standing out. It just um, it's it's part of the bigger story that we want to present as the house, and it is quite a challenge. It's mm -hmm. it's not simple. Uh, but when I talk with artists, also I the first thing I, I say to artists is, I want to hear your story, but please can you listen to my story as well? And my story is not my personal story, but is is to the story that we want to. Uh, represent as Bozar, what do we do, 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 what is our vision? Comparison to other halls, we work a bit more conceptual, we work a lot on teams, we have narratives, uh, we work uh, as lot as possible within a multidisciplinary context. And to develop a music program which fits in it, it's not that simple, it's sometimes quite hard because it's the, the eternal uh, discussion between music for music or music around themes or conceptual uh, music. We're a bit in between sometimes, but between that vision of Beaux-Arts, we try to, to develop a music program that and is the highest artistic quality. And at the same time, we want to be part of, of a larger team, be conceptual, have something to say. So that is what we do. And that is a challenge, what we as individual between that large entity uh, has to be a part of, part of that story. You're talking about telling a story as a music director, but say you're choosing the music for the new season. Do you have a story in mind when you're choosing the artists? Yes, I sometimes say, I am always looking for the story to tell. Mm -hmm. And the story can develop in discussion, in exchange with an artist, of course. You talk and you see something new developing and that the artist, after um, a coffee, one hour, the artist can go home and you see on his face, yeah, that's a good idea. And I say, oh yeah, that, that's something I really, if we could do that, that, that would be awesome. And then you see something, developing uh, uh, new. But it is absolutely true that the European idea that 
uh, the idea of themes uh, next year with arts and well-being. So we're, we're okay. trying to 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 search for projects that aim that have that aim. We focus around um, European presidencies. We have really tried to have uh, an, an, a good relation and be relevant within the city of Brussels with the communities uh, in Brussels. So those are always focuses that for me are very important and that are complementary with just sitting back listening and say yes this is really really good music but the second thought is and what can i tell with this music uh, yeah. and that's what that's what i'm for example always looking are, are looking for so you always have a story in mind which could also develop in dialogue in dialogue with the musician absolutely and that's what yeah. i prefer to be honest because if if it's a shared dialogue if if the artist uh, identifies itself with this with the, the the concept and the theme that's really the most important thing i mean it's the artist that presents we just provide let's say a platform we try to sometimes to be times a framework uh, as well but it's the artist that really has to it identify with the story and with with the narrative and with the message and with that's the crucial part of course how do you find those musicians how do you stay on top of the trends in music and that's a very difficult question um well i'm gonna be honest i'm i'm not a programmer that every week checks all the latest album releases for example i just don't work that way i that's perhaps what we differentiate with with uh, with other halls that are a little more on let's say follow the the recent trends. We take perhaps a little bit more distance. Uh, of course, I read uh, uh, the the jazz magazines, for example, or or other magazines, uh, songlines for world music. It's super interesting. So, I use it more as an inspiration to look for those once again for those projects that you say, oh, here we as Bozar can do something, and and for the rest, of course, you, you follow the blog, you read the magazines, you you read the reviews, but that's more to me, like I say, as a sort of background, as a sort of a sort of baggage that you have that you can use perhaps two months later when something comes up and they say i've mm -hmm. read something about it and that's the yeah. difference uh, more or less it's it's really hard it's really seldom that i uh, that i hear uh, an album and that the first thing i want to do is call the agent and i say i want this it's okay it's yeah. we take a little bit of distance try to absorb and see what we can do in a larger narrative that's what we try to do yeah yeah so it's a process that you have to go through before you decide who will be on the program yeah yeah and it and it and it can, sometimes can take a while i mean sometimes what i love to do and the recent months it's it it uh, was very difficult of course it's just inviting a musician or musicians uh, for a coffee and we just talk without no agenda and it is very probable that nothing specifics come uh, comes out and i'm four months later you get a phone and say, you remember our conversation? Yeah, I thought <laughs> about it. And what do you think about this? And I said, this is really uh, something interesting. So it's, it's like seeding always ideas mm -hmm. and, and exchanging ideas. And sometimes it's, I've heard somebody saying, somebody talk me about that. And then you see and they say, oh yeah, that one. And then, then you develop something together. And that is fantastic. So say that it's a very busy period at Bozar. You're having one concert after the other. 
how much do you want to listen to music again when you come home or you're driving in your car? I go to the train. Um, I live in Antwerp. I was always in Brussels. Just, so um, recently we we uh, we we worked at home, of course, uh, which was yeah. actually uh, some somewhat easier to listen to music because it's not always uh, uh, easy to listen to the music at the desk in the office. But what I usually do is is um, uh, for example, if, if there are new releases, then put it on the iPhone and I'm listening on them on the train. Uh, I love, I love listening to music on the train. I don't know why, but it, it just calms me down. It's, it's also a moment that I don't read or I just can listen to the, to music. Yeah. The train. So the train in the morning and the train in the evening are really for me listening moments, um, uh, which, which really, re really, um, help me. Um, for me, to be honest, the, the most important reference remains a live concert. It is very seldom that only my, I, um, I will book something on a record for, for one reason why I don't know, but I, if I see something live, even if they don't have a record, I'm, I, I can be uh, persuaded to book it because it, it's the live performance, what we produce. So if yeah. the live performance that I've seen, uh, has some, fantastic quality then i'm then i can book it and am i uh then uh, sometimes the our communication manager shoots me and say yeah but well, there is no album to tell and say oh, sorry but so the live performance for me that is what i do i i i love and i do a lot going to see musicians live 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 that far yeah. more than than listening a lot to albums albums yeah earlier in our conversation you mentioned that you study jazz and that you really love it and you have a fascination for it. Could you describe that fascination? Why is jazz so interesting to you to talk about a genre anyway now? I studied at a secondary level uh, saxophone. So at, at the amateur music school uh, around. And the reason that I, I, I began uh, playing at 12 or 13, I'm not sure, must be something. Else. And the reason was very simple. There was a fantastic Dutch lady called candy dulfer who played saxophone which at that time i think i was really my hormones go up i saw <laughs> candy dulfer playing i said i have to play the saxophone so I, I played the saxophone i started playing and i really liked it um and then candy dulfer always played yeah my one of my heroes is maceo parker so i started to listen to uh music of maceo parker and then together with my friend nicolas rombaut who is a famous uh, bass player and producer in flanders we once decided when we were 18 years old to go to the North Sea Jazz Festival, which was back then mm -hmm. in The Hague. And we booked a hotel in Delft. I remember that, which was like 20 minutes a ride uh, from uh, The Hague. I don't know why we came up there, but we went three days to um, the festival. It has a broad range of jazz performance, really more like soul, pop to really avant-garde. It has it all, uh, yeah. actually, back then uh, as well. And I know that we went to see um, names like George Clinton, Jamiroquai, Maceo, uh, G-Love and the Special Sauce. That were the names mm -hmm. that we knew back then. But there were some holes in between. So we checked and, and uh, I never forget because that really was an important moment for me that there was a, uh, on the rooftop, if I, uh, back then, it was a name of James Carter, James Carter, the saxophone uh, player who was then, I'm speaking of 95 or 96, was then 
just at, at the start of his career, but he was really then, I mean, as a saxophone player, he was blowing everybody away and he came up and he had his African suit and I was already, what is this? And then he played. And um, for, for those people who are not uh, familiar with the music of James Carter, really listen to uh, the album GC on the set because the first tune that he plays, he, I mean, with his embouchure, he does things on a saxophone that back then, I just didn't know, not that it was possible, I just didn't know that it existed. And I really know <laughs> that that concert, particular concert, it was with Craig Tabor on, on the piano, who played back then with, so it was a, 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 a Sharibu Shahid, Tani Tabal, was a fantastic quartet. And after that, I said, wow, what is this? And then it all started. I mean, I bought, I bought a CD immediately of, of uh, James Carter, and I know there was Caravan on on that. And I know oh, Caravan. Okay, who played Caravan? And then uh, I saw that Caravan was played by Winter Marsalis, and I know. And then I learned Bramford Marsalis, who I became really a big fan of. And that's and that's how it started uh, more and yeah. more. And then and my playing, of course. And I wanted, and then I started playing two, three hours every day because I wanted to be as good as all those all those guys so it's 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 a bit stepping stone from candy dilfer to uh to uh james carter in fact you mentioned uh winton marsalis which you met now through your job at bazaar how was it meeting him oh it was fantastic i mean uh it was the second time now that he came to bazaar the first time was two days residency and now the last time which you which the orchestra participated with three days so we had a lot of time to should discuss and and he came to the jam session at the uh, Victor Cafe um, yeah. at night, which was really incredible. I know I was I was so so enthusiastic because I'm really we organized the jam session just of course that he should show up <laughs> and and in the in the noon and we talked and we we had lunch together and he and he went and uh, and I said yeah the, you know there's a jam session yeah 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 gonna be there gonna be there and I, and I know he left and I said yes he's he's, he's gonna be there so. He was so generous. He um, he talks. He's really passionate and and artistically so constructive. I mean, it's it was so rare to have a superstar that is open to ideas in developing a project. If you talk about empathy towards a whole, if you talk about someone who is not backing away for an artistic challenge, to me it was uh, Winter Marsalis and the Jazz at Lincoln Center, all the organization, in fact, because they were so open to us yeah. and so willing to discuss and develop a program together. And that's why we had three fantastic days at Bozar in uh, February. It seems like a long time ago, but yeah, I know. <laughs> perhaps it is, but it was fantastic, really fantastic. I have to talk about it, uh, COVID-19. How did you experience the last few months? It's getting more and more difficult and it's it's um, getting more and more difficult. We had Chikoria planned the 11th of March. Uh, at all, so it was the first concert that we had to cancel uh, due to the the COVID nineteen. And I know I did everything could in short notice to to have a new date. And I I know I was so uh, happy that we could announce the concert in November. Yeah. Because back then it was, we just had no idea that it's that it's gonna last so so long. And then weeks develop, months develop now. And you see, I mean, it's it's um, summer at 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 the uh, certain period. Um, summer uh, was uncertain, and now, okay, we can do some small things, but the large majority of the summer program is autumn is very un uncertain. 
So it's hard, but it's not hard in, in mainly for us, but it's hard for the entire sector. And I yeah. really believe that we as, as uh, a center should be on the forefront to defend, first of all, the, the interest of the artists, uh, culture as such, the role of culture uh, as such, and see what that we have sufficient support, but not all, only support, but uh, sufficient prospects in a large scale and that, that the sector must have, and the cultural sector and culture in general must have once again perspective to develop. We are too important just to put on a side uh, and say, yeah, just wait until everything is, is yeah. safe. We have the right to ask, for example, okay, a plane can go up with 200 people side by side. Why is that possible? Why some things in the cultural sector are not possible. I think we have absolutely the right to ask uh, some questions and to, to defend the role and the importance of arts and music because it is important yeah. and it should be uh, getting the support of not only the government, but everybody who, every stakeholder that has some interest in it. And the longer it takes, the mentally, the harder it gets. And uh, there are so many people that are suffering so many artists that really, really, really needs uh, support as well. And I think it's our respons responsibility to be on the forefront in defending uh, those interests. I agree with the uh, grand importance of <laughs> yeah, culture. Yeah, we should. I mean, we should. Um, yeah. There is one question here that I see from Mika. Uh, she asked if you still play the saxophone. That's a very annoying question um, <laughs> because the reason was when COVID uh, started, I I thought now I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, yeah. play again. I did it for two weeks. The, the problem with the saxophone is it's such a physical instrument, and the embouchure needs really some maintenance. I mean, it's it's yeah. for every horn player. If you don't play a, uh, some time, you sound terrible. It's really, you sound so terrible and it's so, you really have to get over it. And before yeah. you have, you have your uh, sort, sort of, that you're satisfied with your sound. So the, the short question is, I try, but uh, I have to try harder. <laughs> okay, thank you. So we can go to your favorite BGO track, which you've chosen for us. Could you tell us a little bit more about your choice? I, I, um, chose Portrait of Jenny, which the recording you're going to see is from a later date. Now, I haven't the date. It's, it's, I think, 10 years later than the um, the uh, original recording, which I think it's 2002 on Naked in the Cosmos. It's yeah, by, yeah. Yeah, by Kenny Werner, uh, the arrangement. It's a, it's a standard, which features Frank. It's not really typical for the for the BGO repertoire as a whole, because it's a jazz standard. It's, it's Kenny Werner who uh, uh, arranged. But I chose it because it was in 2002 and it was the, the, the period uh, back then when I studied at conservatory. And I know, and um, it's it was the same with the previous album. I think it was the album before, one or two before, with the double album of Bertioris, the music of Bertioris, which as a student personally, but I can say for all students, we listen to it a thousand time, times to that um, those uh, albums. <laughs> Uh, and when Naked in the Cosmos came out, it was so it was um, really different of of the, the album with Bert, uh, the first uh, track Naked in the Cosmos. It's, it's like so wild. Um, and then the, the track, the portrait of Jenny, which features Frank, which was for us such an example. And all of a sudden, we started that 
all uh, jam sessions we started to play uh, the bell the ballad because we <laughs> wanted to play uh, like frank so for me it's it's first of all it's it's a beautiful arrangement it frank plays beautiful on it his solo is is um, amazing and it's a lot of nostalgia in, involved because the the track on the album i've listened at least hundreds of hundreds uh, of times. Wow, okay. Before we going to listen to the portrait of Jenny, I would like to thank you, Wool, for being with us tonight. It's a pleasure. Thank and you. I hope we really yeah. soon get the orchestra back on, that the orchestra back is on uh, stage, uh, the sooner yeah. the better. Whether it's at Bozar, it's another hall, we, uh, we, should, every, we should try to get it uh, done. Thank you, we hope uh, <laughs> the same. <laughs> Thanks again, Rul, and here's your nostalgic moment with Portrait of Jenny. Perfect, bye. Bye.